Oh, good morning to you all. Great to see you all. The, um, we have uh, seven core values for the CNMA of Australia and then we have seven values for Eastern Districts. And the, the second one um, for the Alliance core value is uh, prayer is the primary work of God's people. And that's what we're trying to um, really establish as a pattern for the, for the remainder of the year and for our lives really, the, the idea that prayer is the primary work of God's people. Not the only work, hey, we have to do a lot of things, but the idea is, is that um, in our lives, our relationship to God is, is primary and the key aspect of our relationship is, is prayer. It's communicating with God, it's, it's spending um, time reading his word, uh, praying and seeking to hear his voice. And um, wanting to have a look today at... Um, a uh, little pattern we can use, a tool which we can use, which Scripture gives us. Um, scripture gives us a few. Um, the absolutely best one is the Lord's Prayer. Um, and the second one is um, something that Paul does in Ephesians where he talks about putting on the armour of God and we're going to have a look at that today and I'm hoping that um, you putting on the armour of God would become something which we do all the time. Now I noticed that every single person here came dressed. Cool, it would have been very bad if you had have forgotten that. I hear some people have nightmares like that where they arrive at school or something and they realise they've forgotten to get dressed. Now, um, we don't put on armour but we do put on some clothes and um, something which I would encourage you to do is as we go through this and as we seek to learn um, just a bit of an idea of what this um, the armour of God teaching of Paul is that maybe you can actually start the habit of at least once a week um, using this um, armour of God idea to as you're getting dressed um, to use it as a, a, a pattern for you to pray. And the idea of a pattern, it gives you a few ideas, a bit of direction, but then you're free to really um, be guided by the Spirit to pray in that which is um, helpful to you. And so that's um, what we're wanting to do today. Um, and um, something that I'm trying to do is to try and get... Um, to pray the Lord's Prayer in the shower. So as I'm getting my body clean, um, I get my spirit refreshed and then get dressed, I can then pray the armour of God. And um, I'm not suggesting you do that every day, but um, the, if you do it once a week, I think that would be a great idea. So let's have a look at this passage and see how we can apply it. Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our 
uh, struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Father, we just pray that as we come to your word, Lord, that you would um, equip us. Lord, the flesh is weak even when the spirit is willing. But we pray, Lord, that you would help us. Teach us to pray. Lord, it is so beneficial when we do it. Help us to make a habit to use the things you've given us that we can base our life on a relationship with you. For we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm going to have to move through quickly, but it's really, really important to understand in our mind that we are every moment of our life in a spiritual warfare. We are at war, um, whether we realise it or not. There, we have an enemy and we have an ally. We have an ally in the Lord Jesus who wants to um, bless us. He wants to bless us in this life and he wants to bless us in eternity. And we have a spiritual foe who wants to destroy our life and he wants to, to, to make it so that we're ruined for eternity. Now, we see that um, in a, a verse, which is maybe one you should know, where Jesus is talking about the good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And he says, the thief, talking about um, Satan's ser servants and Satan himself, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy steal, kill and destroy. I, that's Jesus, have come that they, that's God's sheep, us, may have life and have it to the full. That's the battle we are in. We're in that daily. God is wanting every one of our days to, to give us things to bless us and give us blessings which not only are for this life but for eternity. He wants us rich or great or glorious for eternity. He wants us to share in the glory of Christ. But uh, Satan is out to, to rob from us, to, to destroy us or to wound us and um, take away our glory to ruin us. And so 
Um, the reason we put on the spiritual armour is to go, well, we are in this battle and we want to make sure, as this passage says, that we would stand. There's a really funny skit um, uh, by Monty, like a Monty, did Monty Python, that showed you this guy was a knight and he was a knight and um, just um, fighting this enemy and he was a, he was cut and they cut one arm off he says that's only a flesh wound and he cut another one off oh, no, and he ends up with his armless, egg, le- armless legless and headless and he's still bouncing around trying to, um, trying to fight this knight um, it's over the top, it's crazy I agree, never got into it much but the picture there is a bit like a bit like um, what happens in our life is we have an enemy who wants to wound us and we've got to maintain, this, maintain our stand and to seek to stand that we would um, not be taken out of the battle. So as we go through, we want to have a look at um, the armour of God. We want to look at three points for the armour. What Satan's trying to do, the resource, the provision of armour which God has provided and just how to use it and then we'll pray a prayer. So I better get going. Okay. Um, Okay, first one, the belt of truth. Paul says, um, put on the belt of truth. Now, as we look at each piece of armour, we need to say, well, what is Satan's strategy in your life? How is he trying to rob, kill and destroy in your life? He's doing it personally, but he does it in churches, he does it in communities, he does it in nations. But we're particularly looking at our personal life as we go through how what is satan trying to do well what satan is trying to do is he's trying to lie to you and when he he does that what he does is he seeks to plant false ideas and beliefs into your mind because when you believe something false you make wrong decisions which bring um bad consequences and destruction into your life. He wants you to act upon false ideas and lies. And so that's what he wants to do. And so um, that's the first thing. And we see, if you want to have a look in, maybe to read Satan's tactics in the Garden of Eden, you can see he comes as a liar. And he, he lies in order to, to bring destruction, death and loss into our life. And so the... Um, the armour which Paul says we should put on to do that is the truth. Now, um, the idea of truth is this probably the easiest one. What happens is God has given us things which are true. He's given us which is supposedly science. Science is supposedly true. It's done a huge lot of damage when a, tr- a lie is sold as a truth. But we, we are to work on the basis of realities in this world, but also spiritual truth. And so the first thing, the first piece of armour we have to realise that we, we can put on is we have to realise we have to be seekers after truth. Now, a lot of people aren't seekers after truth. They're seekers after pleasure. They're seeking, they want to believe what they want to believe. 
And so many times Satan throws ideas and we want to believe what we want to believe because the truth is often hard. It can hurt and wound. But the key point is, is if I am going to stand in this battle, I must be a seeker after truth. And so how do we put on the belt of truth? We put the belt of truth on by simply testing the things we hear, seeking to reject the truth and reject the lies and adopt the truth. As simple as that. Now, that covers thousands of ideas. Now, people think it's a hobby horse. It's a hobby horse because it's so important. Um, We've had probably a hundred million people taken out in the last century because they followed a political scheme based on the theory of evolution. A, a, A pretend science which produced political philosophies and it brought massive destruction politically and individually, has taken many out of the, out of the Christian faith and emptied just thousands, millions of churches because it robbed God of his creative glory, creation, glory and creation. So we have to be seekers after truth and to weigh carefully both those big picture and the small pictures about our own life and our own standing and so on. So it's a big thing. So I've just got a little prayer is the sort of thing we can pray. And I'll ask you to stand for that. This is the sort of prayer, and I've got these incidentally in the 14-day of prayer one, which you can um, use. And um, my idea is is if, if you had... Use this as a basis. So something like this you can pray. I stand against the lies of the devil and pray that the Holy Spirit will guide me into the truths I need to remember today. Now that can lead you to a whole lot of areas. Okay, but let's say it again. I stand against the lies of the devil and I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide me into the truths I need to remember today. Okay, please be seated. Okay, the second one is the breastplate of righteousness. So the breastplate was in the armour, it was a, a plate of some kind of material to stop you getting wounded by swords and um, arrows and so on, front and back. So it was to protect your chest, your vi- some of your vital organs. And um, the thing that the breastplate is be- an illustration of is, as Paul says, it's the breastplate of righteousness. The reason we need that is because Satan is called the tempter. What Satan comes is he comes and he seeks to, to get us to imagine that disobedience to God in some way will be beneficial to us. How can I get ahead? Well, it's not the way of uh, following God's ways. It is by um, doing something which God forbids. And that that is going to lead me to um, a blessed life both now and in the future. And so that's the idea. Satan is a 
tempter. He seeks to get us into sin and he wants to do that because sin brings judgment but it also brings us separation from God. It then opens us up to guilt and remorse and the attacks which Satan would do now. He's really, he's, he's not nice. He's, he tempts us, gets us to sin and then he makes us feel really, really guilty so that we feel sad about ourselves, we, we have a low self-esteem and we feel miserable and then we can um, uh, become depressed and as a result we go into other sins in order to try and deal with our feeling of sadness. That's what he does. It's a very complicated and lots and lots of ways but he seeks to tempt in order to rob, kill and destroy. Now obviously the protection of that is God has protected, gives us the protection of what he calls the breastplate of righteousness. Now, what does righteousness mean? Simply, it means, the easiest way, it means get right with God. That's what it means, to get right with God. So there's, there's three aspects then about getting right with God. Okay? Confession, repentance, and faith in Jesus' death and resurrection to forgive you. Those three things. How do I, how am I right with God? Well, if I've done something wrong, I just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Confess your sin. And as a result, we say, I'm going to turn from it. And then we receive his forgiveness and we go about doing the right thing. Simple as that. We put on the breastplate of righteousness by confession, repentance, faith Satan wants if we sin he wants to hold us down with guilt Christ wants you to confess it repent and get back on the track and rejoice in his forgiveness and a, a good trick I do is when Satan accuses me says oh Russia did this you did this he says oh thank you for reminding me Lord, thank you for your death on the cross I confess my sin I ask you forgiveness and I praise you for forgive me. So that's what we do with the breastplate of righteousness. So let's, um, we all stay seated for these ones. The other one, because I stand, we had started with stand, but we won't get you to stand for these ones. But here's a simple one, and obviously you might need to go into this in more specifics. Um, I confess my sin, receive the grace of Jesus, and commit to doing the right thing. It's putting on the breastplate of righteousness. We'll say it again. I confess my sin, I receive the grace of Jesus and I commit to doing the right thing. And you might have to keep doing it. Remember Jesus told us we have to give our, our brothers 70 times 7. He does that for us. But Satan wants to hold us in guilt and just keep us in that process. Well, I sinned, I can't get back to God for at least a week. No, he wants you to do it now, he is incredibly gracious. Now, the next one is the shoes of the gospel. Now, as we've mentioned and we've looked at it clearly, Satan's scheme is ruin, destruction, slander. And um, he particularly brings that to us as Christians if we lose confidence in the gospel. And so um, the phrase here is, is um, 
you know, put on the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. And the idea of this is that the shoes, um, uh, Paul uses a symbol saying, look, you're not even ready for the battle. You're not going to go, if you've got bare feet, you're just going to, you're, you're, you're not even going to be able to stand at all. Um, at least that's the case for me. I'm just, I've got really soft feet. I always wear shoes. And so whenever I'm, whenever I'm barefooted, I just, I can hardly stand. But that's how it is in battle. One of the secrets of the Roman army was that they issued strong, really good shoes and it enabled their soldiers to be able to be a great, powerful army. And so for us, what we have to do is to make sure as as Christians, when Satan seeks to attack us in our mind, we, we, we preach the gospel to ourselves. We are person. I've got to use the word big words here. Personally appropriate the death and resurrection of Jesus to realise we are reconciled to God. That's what peace means. Peace doesn't mean um. Oh, it means we're in good relationship with God, not because we're sinless, but because of His immense grace and our confidence, not in our own righteousness, but in His grace. And so that's what we do: is we preach the gospel to ourselves, and as we do that, it changes our. Our demeanour, it brings us joy and it brings us confidence in the battle. It's like getting a good pair of shoes on. And so that's how we do it. The gospel, we, we put the shoes on by preaching the gospel to ourselves. Jesus died for me. And that's why when we come to church, as soon as we start singing about the gospel, suddenly our hearts are lifted. But we've got to look, get into the habit of, of doing it daily doing it when we feel down when we're feeling when we're feeling we're going oh I've got a pity party Jesus died for me he is alive and he is with me and I'm his child and um, as we preach the gospel to ourselves, um, the the heaviness and the burden the guilt is is lifted and joy and peace and confidence come to our hearts. So it's a way we can pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you have saved me through faith in your death and resurrection. Really simple, you can go on and on, but thank you, Jesus, that you have saved me through faith in your death and resurrection. Um. The next one is um, the shield of faith. Um, the word Satan just means um, the adversary. And Paul uses a picture of it. Um, there's these flaming arrows, which are arrows which are burn, have got burning, and they're fired at us, and they're trying to hit us. Now, I've been thinking, and I've thought about it for ages and ages. Maybe I'm a bit... Um, uh, over the top there but I've been what does it mean these flaming arrows and I come to a great conclusion it's anything that Satan's trying to use to, to take you out anything that's happening in there now Satan has some power in this physical world 
He works in nations. He works in people. People who would then say nasty things about towards you. People who would, as a result of their sin, bring loss to you. For instance, Satan inspires thieves who come and steal your stuff, literally. He works in there to bring damage at a physical level and just have a look at Job for instance as the example um, the greatest example probably ever of satanic inspired destruction these flaming arrows but he does it to mind as well he attacks our mind do you find your mind attacked constantly and you get um, overwhelmed by these accusations and thoughts and, oh, you should have done this, you shouldn't have done this, etc., etc., etc. Do you get that? No. Am I, I'm the only one. Am I the only one who gets attacked in my mind? So I start to feel miserable. I start to f- get overwhelmed with self-pity and, and want to give up. Am I the only one like that? Well, there he's flaming arrows. Now, um, often it's just, often most, in our, in our world, most of it is just mental. Would you believe depression and suicide are major problems in the West where we are so blessed? Why? Because we have not taken God's provision against Satan's attack. Whether you're a Christian or not, he's after you. He wants to destroy you. And um, these flaming arrows, he wants humans robbed, killed and destroyed, including you, especially you as a, as a Christian. And so he, has, he provides faith. Now, it's really easy, really important that we get the idea. Faith is an attitude of trust and trust overcomes fear. And all faith is, is to look and focus our mind on God. That's all faith is, is faith. You don't look as, well, have I got enough faith? You just go, I am going to look and I am going to think about God and his goodness, his provision and his, his greatness. And so as we look to God, as we think of him and as we thank him and as we, we, we take up proper view, suddenly um, fear disappears and joy and peace uh, start to reside. And so um, we see that we put on the shield of faith by looking and placing, looking to and placing our confidence in God. We can do that by thanking him, praising him, um, remembering him. That's what we do. We just bring God into our remembrance and, and focus our mind on him. So prayer of faith. And obviously, as I've said, with these, this is just a, a prayer to get the key concept and then we can elaborate it. You could pray for five hours on this. So, Lord, in the challenges I face today, I trust you because you have demonstrated your love for me on the cross and you're working for my good. Now, I wrote this a long time ago, and when I was, I did change it a bit, but I did add the idea of you're working for my good, and you have provided much good in my life. So we look to the cross, 
But we count our blessings and we say, God, I can be sure that you're on my side and you're working for my good. And as we do that, faith um, rises and fear vanishes. Um, Second last one, I think, uh, the helmet of salvation. Um, Satan's scheme, and as I I mentioned it a bit, discouragement, depression and doubt. That's what he wants to do. Because when he gets our emotions and our self-concepts wrong, we start acting badly. Suddenly the life seems to be a burden. Um, Difficulties seem to be multiplied. And we give up and we start making stupid decisions. choose things which are destructive instead of obeying God so his things depression doubt discouragement um, what's God's provision if his provision is is um, it says here the helmet of salvation but it means the future salvation the idea here is this is a phrase I use again and again is from a it actually came from a sermon from preached years ago. We're not home yet. Not, I didn't preach it. Someone else did. We're not home yet. One of those African-American guys preached. You know, they just come, I have a dream. You know, we're not home yet. We're not home yet. And that's the idea of hope is we go, hey, yeah, we're still in this body which is falling apart. We're in this sin, sin-racked world which still has the curse. But Jesus is alive. And he is coming and we're not home yet. And so we expect the suffering. We expect the problems. We're not home yet. But victory is assured because Jesus is risen. And so that's the idea. And so we put on the helmet of salvation by realising, and I call it the joy of the doctrine of original sin. We live in a sinful world. Sin has come. We can't expect perfection now, but we expect it in the future when Jesus returns. We put on the helmet of salvation when life serves us up some difficulties. So the helmet of the hope of salvation. God... Help me to endure the troubles of this world, knowing that there awaits a new body, hallelujah, and a new earth, praise his name, when Jesus returns in glory. And um, the final one, the sword of the spirit. Um, Satan not only seeks to chuck in lies um, outside, but he seeks to deceive and distort the word of God. That's why as a church we're always fighting against some crazy heresy. You think, how can people misunderstand the word of God when it's so clear? Well, sometimes there are some difficult bits. But hey, it's pretty clear. But Satan twists and turns and and complicates it and we do. We say, well, I can't believe what God says because other people say this. And so Satan does that. And you see when Satan attacked Jesus, he used the word of God and sought to twist it. And so the provision of God is, is that we have the scriptures as a written truth and we have his spirit and we've got to bring the spirit and the word and the word together in order that we can know the truth well 
And so that's God's provision is, is his written word, um, inspired by the Spirit and then interpreted by the Spirit's leading. And so how do we use this sword of the Spirit? We put on the sword of the Spirit or we take up the sword of the Spirit by memorising and meditating on the Scriptures, then inviting the Spirit to bring the word or promise we need each moment. That's what we need to... What is the word, the, the Scripture, the truth I need in this time which I'm at at the moment? That's the idea. You take up the right word at the right time when you're under attack. So let's pray a prayer there. Holy Spirit, bring to mind the scriptures I need to stand victorious for you today. We'll say that one again. Holy Spirit, bring to mind the scriptures I need to stand victorious for you today. Now, when we put on the armour of God The result is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness and self-control. That's how we are. That's the zone we find ourselves in. If we're not in the zone, we haven't put the armour on. So let's um, just conclude with a challenge and then maybe before we leave... um, you can just have a little go at just praying the armour on before you leave and before we go for morning tea. Okay, so what I'm challenging you to do is make it a habit to pray the armour on once a week. When you get changed, say, well, Monday's my spiritual armour week. I'm going to start of the week, I'm going to get dressed in the armour of God. I'm just going to pray that. Maybe you want to do for a while, pray it every day for a while. But then... Um, So that's it. Make a habit to pray on the armour at least once a week. It's in here, written. I saw some of you diligently taking notes. It's here in that booklet if you want it. The prayers are all written there if you want to use it as a guide. And secondly, um, try to recognise and respond to the spiritual attack. So I encourage you, be aware. If if you've got trouble, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling down, try and recognise and respond to spiritual attacks, Charlie. Try and go, Lord, can can I get to remember to notice one? Hey, this is a spiritual attack. I'm going to put on the armour of God and I'm going to stand. I am not going to be taken out. I am not going to grovel in self-pity or sin or destruction. I am going to rise and stand in the battle. Recognise one a day. Try and go, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to see it this time. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to be taken out. I'm going to see it and I'm going to stand. So let's, um, let's uh, pray. And then I'd encourage you just to, just, to, um, just to have a bit of a go. I'll scroll through very quickly on that before we go father we pray you've given us so many tools lord you want us to stand your grace is sufficient well we pray that you would help us to uh, make it a habit to use the armor of god to put it on and lord help us to recognize the attacks of the enemy and not and not to give up but Lord, that we can be proactive and recognize it, resist the devil and watch him flee. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.